You are listening to Go Doc Yourself, your weekly documentary book club. Listen in while we two errands dissect our most recent documentary find. Sometimes weird, sometimes mainstream, but always entertaining. Grab a cup of coffee and let's clutch. Hi, and welcome to Go Doc Yourself. I'm Erin McCart. And I'm Erin McCart. Thank you for joining us this week as we discuss our father. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This one, so we'll get the logistics out of the way. It's yep. on 2022 mm-hmm. on Netflix. It's an hour and 37 minutes long, directed mm-hmm. by Lucy Jordan. And I saw that she had produced a couple other things, but this is the first thing she directed. And, and mm-hmm. she did a really good job. I really enjoyed it. Yes, it's amazing. Boy, is the story difficult but important I think those make some of my favorite documentaries like I you know I love ones that are feel good but also an untold story like you weren't even worried about this (laughs) you're right but now you are gross yeah (laughs) yeah very disturbing one more thing to put on the list yeah kind of interesting too as this has to do with reproductive rights and that at this you know kind of this time where that's been a focal point in the last month or so it was a good release date. Again, this was recommended to us by a couple of people at work who said that, hey, this horrible thing seems right up your alley. And I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> they know us too well. They really do. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's on brand. This one's interesting because it has some reenactments in it, which is not typical. Right. Yeah. So kind of an interesting mix of the actors, like the the people in the documentary are part of the reenactments. And I thought that was interesting. Yeah. I think she did a really mm-hmm. good job. And they did yeah. say at the beginning that there were some reenactments, but all yes. of the recordings were real and all of the things that yes. happened, they were just trying to give you more context. And yeah. Yeah. Make it easier to digest, I guess. So they open in the practice of fertility doctor, Donald Klein. Mm-hmm. He is operating in Indianapolis. At least <laughs> was. Like, yeah. Yes. And I think the thing I took away from the opening the most was there is some seriously heavy Christian imagery in mm-hmm. his office. Like think a lot of it's not needlepoint, it's not cross, cross it's cross stitch. Mm-hmm. Cross stitch. My mom used to cross stitch, but she did not cross stitch scripture, but that's where all of these came from, I guess. There is a ton of it. There is a lot of religious paraphernalia. Yes. I don't know if paraphernalia is the right word, but that's what we got today. Yes. There's a ton of it. And I don't know if that's part of the reenactments or that's actual footage, but it is real creepy. (laughs) It is. Well, and let's keep in mind, some of this started in the 70s and 80s. Mm -hmm. I mean, but it's well into the aughts. So Mm -hmm. it's still there. It's it's a private practice, so he can put it whatever he wants up, right? Yeah. Yep. And you can make a decision as a person whether or not to go partake in his services, I guess. I would like to think that it wouldn't have mattered, but I probably would have been really uncomfortable in there. So, I mean, I I will say it seems that a lot of his patients were married folks that had trouble Mm -hmm. conceiving. Like, so I don't know that that would have necessarily struck them the same way that it did me, because again, we have the benefit of knowing, Mm -hmm. wow, when you're advertising a lot of that heavy religious stuff, Methinks you got some skeletons in your closet. Who are you trying to convince yourself or me? Yeah. Yeah. But he was really well renowned. He was 
the guy to go to if you were having trouble. Mm -hmm. So, you know, his practice was popular for a reason because he had high success rates. (laughs) Correct. Now we know why. (laughs) Right. Well, partially, right? So sure. when he started, it was simply artificial insemination. They hadn't quite got to in vitro fertilization, any of those techniques yet, Mm -hmm. but he was also a surgeon. So he was able to help some of these women who were unable to conceive for physical reasons. He was able to remove some of those obstacles surgically and then help them get pregnant. So it was a a broader practice than they make it Mm -hmm. out to be, but unfortunately he tainted it all. Right. So they're focusing specifically on the insemination portion of this Mm -hmm. for our topic today, but I do believe he was a skilled doctor Yeah, and he really did help people. It's just questionable. The practices that he did. (laughs) It's yeah, his morality is a little off. Yeah. A hundred percent. So again, you said that this started in the seventies and eighties. Let's talk about Jacoba. Let's do first. I want to say I love her. I think she is badass and tenacious as hell. And she uses the word fuck a lot and it makes me happy. So we could totally be friends. I agree. She is She's just a bad bitch. And I say that mm-hmm. with the like almost fangirl feel <laughs> right. to it, right? Can like, I get your autograph? I know. I want to be her when I grow up. Mm-hmm. She's just, she is really a resilient human being. Mm-hmm. She is really dedicated to the purpose and she's not backing down. And I, I love that about, I love a strong female character and mm-hmm. um, especially when they're real life. I, yeah, exactly. And, you know, she comes a- across really well in this and I just, I just think she's awesome. So, um, yeah, I think it's interesting because, you know, the way this starts off is really innocent, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Like, she just happened to get a 23andMe. Right. So she explains that she always thought she was adopted, right? So Mm -hmm. she would ask her parents, am I adopted? Because everyone else in the family had, like, dark hair, dark eyes, olive skin. And she had blonde hair and blue eyes, which isn't completely out of the norm. It's not genetically impossible, right? Yes, it is possible. But I understand that she's coming through with being like, you know, I just feel a little different. I don't look like everybody in my family. And, you know, children are perceptive. Of course, she is going to understand that. Mm -hmm. Well, her mother finally told her at like 10 years old that she was conceived with a sperm donor, right? Mm -hmm. They had problems and she could see. So Mm -hmm. as she got older, she first starts, I think in the early 90s, she wanted to find out if she had any siblings, like half siblings. Sure. And she had talked to her mom. Her mom is Debbie Pierce. Mm-hmm. And Debbie Pierce was told that the sperm that was used, the samples were from medical students, mm-hmm. that he would try to find someone who looks similar to her husband, mm-hmm. and that the samples were only used from this particular donor two or three times at right. most. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So she calls, Jacoba calls Dr. Klein mm-hmm. and she's like, Hey, yo, uh, I would like to know maybe not who the donor is, but if I have any siblings, right. She doesn't necessarily, mm-hmm. she understands that's anonymous. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, you can't know that information. And I shredded all the documents, tough shit. Right. Essentially. <laughs> yeah. Kind of abrupt is the way that conversation at least is reported in this, that it's, you know, I mean, he's factual. I just wouldn't Mm -hmm. say that he comes across very warm because I I do believe she talks to him directly. Mm -hmm. And I also think it's important to talk about at the time, I mean, up till 1985 for insemination purposes, 
there weren't frozen samples. That wasn't right. part of this yet. So you had mm-hmm. to have a fresh sample as it were. So mm-hmm. I don't really think I need to walk you down the path of how that happened. Sweet and dear listener. Um, <laughs> but so the idea was that there was also a catalog. So a person could go in and like they had attributes of the different medical residents and you could mm-hmm. like kind of choose. And also maybe they might recommend based on what you said, like kind of looking like, mm-hmm. you know, the the family and that kind of stuff. And then they would get the sample from the resident, walk it back over to the office or drive it or whatever. And um, there were kind of some specifics on how that needed to be like kept warm and like the, how long you had to use it, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So there were some rules on that. So there are some best practices going on like this, mm-hmm. you know, it's only used three times and, and yada, yada. So I think that's one thing that kind of caught my attention when we were talking about this, because that just seems really, really intimate. You know what I mean? So it's crazy. It does. And they had discussed that the hospital was right across the street. So yeah, you'll right across the street and talk to these medical residents. And I appreciate that for for a couple of reasons. When you've Mm -hmm. got young, viable samples, you know, they're intelligent if they made it this far into their medical career. I mean, right. But there are other things like they had discussed, they'll discuss later that there are health criteria. When you're a sperm donor, you have to fit certain criteria. Most people don't qualify for simple things that are wrong with them that they don't think are that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to donation, it really is. So they're really Mm -hmm. fairly stringent about who can and cannot donate in theory. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And, and also some of these women brought their husbands with them and they would donate there and then be used, or they would bring their husband's sample with them. So keep that in mind. Right. So one of the nurses, I believe is Jan Shore, who worked in the office of Dr. Kleins, she would kind of tuck the sample. I imagine this is a cup, like, let's say she would tuck it in her bra and like Mm -hmm. walk across the street, which again, seems really weird, but you know, times were different and this was, this was a best practice of the day. So like I said, it just seems so foreign to me that that's Mm -hmm. like, would you love to be a medical resident? If you were a young man, you're like, well, I'm just doing it for the good of mankind or whatever. You know what I, mean? <laughs> I would like to think they're getting paid and they can pay some of those medical school bills off. Right. Yeah. Kind of release a little bit of that stress, but yeah, <laughs> it's just so, oh, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's tough. So, you know, they kind of talk a lot about what the common practices were at the time and why they were such. And I really liked mm-hmm. that part of it. But then, right. you know, we kind of understand that there are really some problems that come up when Jacoba starts asking questions. Like you said, in about 2014, she said mm-hmm. she started seeing these ads for 23andMe. Yep. And she thought, I will do this and maybe I can find a sibling or two, right? Because she mm-hmm. just really wanted to, you want to feel like you belong somewhere, right? And she wanted to to have that. Mm-hmm. I guess be careful what you wish for. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. So she gets her results back in the fall of 2014 and she has seven half sibling connections. Mm-hmm. And so there are a couple comments I'm going to make here. So first mm-hmm. she's excited and then she's concerned. She said, because the sample was only supposed to be used three times or more mm-hmm. or less, but seven isn't a huge number because these donors are also people and can now have grown up and had their own kids. So I'm sure there's more to it, but that initial thought of seven, I'm like, okay, well, that cat could have gone and had four kids with his wife later. Those would be half siblings, Mm -hmm. right? 
great. And there are a couple times where they mention stuff like that. And I'm like, well, these, these people could also have children separate from this. Mm -hmm. That's not the case here, but I mean, I'm just saying in the future, if you see that, maybe, I don't know. Yeah. I can imagine that she had mixed emotions like, yes. And then like, wait a second. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's, I think that that, (laughs) that mixed emotion really comes through in several instances for me in this, like if I put myself in someone else's perspective. So Mm -hmm. I think where she was hoping to like find some resolution, it just kind of stirred the pot (laughs) a little bit more. I did not find resolution at all. Right. And so thank goodness, in my opinion, that she's the one, I mean, she stumbled into this because Mm -hmm. she's not going to let it go. She's not going to be like, Hey, we cool. Like, guess I found out, you know, and then she goes on her merry way. This kind of, prods her to go a little deeper so real quick I'm gonna say we do talk to Jan sure mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. and Dr. Robert Culver both had worked with so Dr. Robert Culver did fertility medicine and mm-hmm. shared the practice with Dr. Klein and Jan was a nurse so she's the one who would go across the street mm-hmm. get the samples and bring them back but she had discussed and Dr. Culver did discuss that you don't want to use the same sperm over and over again because mm-hmm. you don't want too many people in the population having the same parents or even a single parent. Right. I guess a lot of people won't think about that if you live in a big city, but mm-hmm. some of these people are from very small towns right. traveling to Indianapolis to get the treatment. So we're talking here about consanguinity, which is a concept of like, you don't want too much of the same genetic material mm-hmm. in the population you know, you don't want inbreeding on accident. Right. We don't want the Habsburgs happening again. <laughs> We've learned from that. Yes. So um, that's kind of the the overarching concern and why they tried to put they tried to put some limits on this, mm-hmm. which I thought was interesting. Now, I have to be honest with you, I think population genetics is fascinating. It was one of my favorite classes and uh, concept in college. So I am all over this. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was really really cool that they were like okay you know in a lot of these cases as a child you wouldn't necessarily know what your genetic you know who your biological parents are unless your folks discuss it with you because in some of these cases you know the kids didn't know that there was a sperm donor a jacoba is one of those so you might accidentally date and or marry and or whatever a half sibling and not really know it so it's terrifying Yeah, well, it is. Like I said, some of these people came from very small towns. Mm-hmm. And now they're like, oh, my God, everywhere I look, someone could be <laughs> yeah. my sibling. So Right. So, again, Jacoba does a little bit of detective work. She's finding there's a common match among the siblings. They find somebody named Sylvia, who really, in essence, provides the direct line to Dr. Klein. Mm-hmm. Can I just comment that I really like that name, Sylvia? It's a nice, it's lovely. It's an older name, but I just love it so much. I a hundred percent. So once Jacoba finds this information and they, they are a little bit more specific in the documentary, but I just don't know that really it's going to okay. add to this conversation. Go ahead. It's not, but I do have one comment because please, she asked, Jacoba asked for names in the tree, mm-hmm. right? So she's mm-hmm. trying to mm-hmm. find some common ground and they come up with a name that they're like, Oh, well that's Dr. Klein's mother's maiden name. And I'm mm-hmm. like, how the fuck do these people know that? How would you know that information? I think a lot of this is like their family trees and stuff. If you look on ancestry, you know what I mean? And I think it's also part of public record. 
Yeah, I, I guess but she made it sound like she heard that name and she knew immediately because it, <laughs> she knew it was his mother's main name. And I'm like, yeah. that's what people use for a security question. You shouldn't have that information. Sorry, that was just weird to me. Yeah, like I said, there's probably a lot more that they just kind of pared down, which we are now mm-hmm. pared downing again because it's just that, <laughs> you know, not the juicy bits that I want. <laughs> we are pared downing it all the way. Right, Sorry. pared downing it. <laughs> yeah, we should probably copyright that. <laughs> so then Jacoba goes ahead and she files a complaint against Dr. Klein with the Indiana Attorney General's office. Mm-hmm. And what do they do? A whole lot of nothing. <laughs> I yep. mean, just she gets the crickets, which is mm-hmm. disappointing, but maybe not surprising. I don't know. So, I mean, I think she's done her due diligence here and she's trying to get some attention on this case but maybe people think it's too outrageous or you know I don't know I don't know yeah she discusses how she sent this out to like all the news agencies and even like national news and no one picked it up and Mm -hmm. she's watching the news one day she's watching Fox 59 which is a local station here in Indianapolis Mm -hmm. and she sees Angela Gnote who's one of the anchor women Mm -hmm. and she's like oh I forgot to email her so she directly Facebook messages this woman Mm mm-hmm and tells her the story and has, you know, some facts and some data to back up her story. Mm-hmm. And Angela Gano is all over it. All over it. Yeah. I would be interested to know what she initially provides, right? So it's got to be juicy enough that it hooks your audience. You know what I mean? And maybe mm-hmm. she learned from the attorney general that she's got to change her approach. I mean, these are just, this is speculation. I don't know for certain, but yeah. And then Angela's like, um, Okay, let's talk more about this. So she talks to her editor and producer, that's not maybe. right. Producer. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. You know, the written word versus the uh, broadcast. Yeah. <laughs> and they kind of get some play here. They get some permission or whatever you want to call it to pursue. And man, I thought that was good. Right. So she got it to the right ears. Mm-hmm. I will say as someone who doesn't really, okay, don't really watch the news that much anymore because I feel like it's mentally draining mm-hmm. but to see someone who is in the news industry actually fighting for these people and she really did I mean Angela Gnome mm-hmm. went out there and she fought for her she I mean later on in the document she talks to the attorney general she talks to the prosecutor of Marion County she's mm-hmm. really pushing for something to be done not just telling the mm-hmm. story she's not just telling the story she's mm-hmm. trying to help and I thought I bet that's probably not very common, right? I mean, it's got everything though, right? Like it's a local story. It's sensational, right? It's going Mm -hmm. to get good ratings. So, I mean, like, I, again, I think it's a factor of it got to the right audience. So Mm -hmm. while I don't, I mean, I have nothing but love for Angela Gnote. I think Jacoba just, it, it was the perfect storm. Right. Right. So I, I really like that. And I appreciate a good investigative journalist. Right. I, you know, I think that they have such power and it, it's so good to have people who are like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to chase this down and try to understand more about it. So yeah, good on them. And they probably have more resources than the average Joe mm-hmm. to research it and look into it and actually make headway versus someone with just the Google box. Not that that's not amazing, but still. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what kind of traffic's coming through the attorney general's office. You know, I don't want to disparage them outright because, you know, I don't know. I don't know. We don't really get a lot of representation until a little bit later of like 
why it took so long for them to pick it up. I don't know. So yeah, I think it's interesting though. Initially, when they start to air the story, they do not use his name because they there is no DNA sample from him. So legally, they cannot do it in that manner at this time. Right. But boy, does it stir the pot for him. Well, they ask him for a DNA sample and he's like, yeah. nah, not going to mm-hmm. happen. Jacoba is able to. So she contacts all of Dr. Klein's children and grandchildren mm-hmm. who are 18 years or older. Just trying to get essentially a DNA sample. Right. Mm -hmm. And one of Dr. Klein's sons and one of his Mm -hmm. daughters, Doug and Donna. That's what I've got. Yep. Yeah, they responded. And so she met them in a church because she felt safe there. Mm -hmm. And of course they say, and I, I do not disparage these children at all. So they talk to their father. And of course he's like, listen, yes, I am the father of some of these kids, but I only use my sample when there were no other options available, period. Right. And he also said there, there could be up to 10 people like, but no more. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. And God, how horrible would it be to be these kids and like have this woman contacting you and asking some questions about your dad? Mm -hmm. Because I would think your loyalty would be to your dad, but she's like, Hey, let's just meet and talk. I mean, I imagine that's Mm -hmm. sort of how the conversation went and like good on them for being like, you know what? Mm-hmm. They they talked to the dad, they had some information, mm-hmm. they were willing to meet with her. And I, I give them a lot of credit because that would be really tough. Oh, it would be. Absolutely. Really tough. Yeah. 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 So then at this point we meet Julie Harmon. Who is sibling number? Number 14. 14, y'all. A few more than 10 at this point. Yeah. Right. So she is Diana Kessler's daughter and she discusses that this is just devastating news And I think that's an interesting concept that I want to talk a little bit about because like Mm -hmm. they talk about it just, it shakes your whole foundation of your identity Mm -hmm. and you have trouble like looking at yourself and, you know, kind of crisis of conscience. And I, Mm -hmm. I find that really interesting because Mm -hmm. I think most of them have, you know, you get the big shock, you take the time to work through it or whatever. And you kind of hopefully arrive on the other side and be like, you know, my dad is my dad and my mom is my mom and you know mm-hmm. how I got here. I have choices and how I'm going to own this information. But I mean, like, mm-hmm. I just can't imagine that moment of, Ugh, what do you do with that? I don't know, but I, I thought the exact same thing. So let's keep mm-hmm. in mind that this case with Diana, Diana had brought her husband's sperm with her to the clinic. So they had always assumed that he was the father. So, Diana now has to call her husband and let him know, or talk to him in person, I can't remember, but let him know that, Mm -hmm. oh, by the way, you're not your daughter's biological father. Mm -hmm. And his response was that Dr. Klein had taken everything from him. And I was a little confused. I mean, I guess I just don't understand. You've raised this child. This is your child regardless, Mm -hmm. right? Mm Mm-hmm. And it's the same, like you said, with, I'm not saying that their feelings are not legitimate. Absolutely. You're entitled to feel whatever you feel. I just don't Mm -hmm. personally understand it. And I think like you said, with them not saying like, oh, I don't know who I am now, who I am has very little. I mean, yes, Mm -hmm. my biological makeup has to do with who created me, but I am who I am regardless. That's not changing. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if it's because I did not know my father growing up that I don't feel mm-hmm. that direct connection that I mm-hmm. would be like that torn up or not. It, it absolutely could be. So I guess I thought 
to me, this is, they're talking about the initial moment, not like the working through of these emotions and they arrive. It seems to Mm -hmm. me that most have arrived to the conclusion that you're talking about at the end, but they're just talking about like, you know, I mean, that's just the first thing out of your mouth or like, you know, you're grieving, you're, you know, it's hard Mm -hmm. to admit or whatever. The other part of this that's disturbing is it kind of blows out of the water what he told his own children. Like, I only did this in cases where there were no other options. I'm like, motherfucker, (laughs) that husband had a sample. What did you do with that? That's so gross. And even if he tried to, in this case, Diana had taken the sample with her. He could say, oh, it was no longer a viable sample when it got Mm -hmm. to me. I call bullshit, but still, let's say he says that. What about the ones who brought their husbands with them to make a donation, like, immediately and then use it? Well, I mean, that's the mystery, right? They don't really ever get this closure. Like, Mm -mm. you know, I can understand that there are some situations where, to me, it's going to have to be a quick we put a sample on a slide, look under the microscope, making sure everything is doing Swimming. what it does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then we're like, okay, sweet, we're in. Or versus you come in and you see, oh, everybody looks tired on the slide. We're not going to be able to use this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but then again, everything's you don't give got, them, you're not giving they them have no choice. Option. Yeah. Yeah. So then this is when you find out, oh, he's just doing what he wants to do regardless of what they are bringing with them to this situation. Mm-hmm. I don't know. They do have a chance to talk to Dr. Klein. This is five siblings. They don't mm-hmm. tell you exactly which five, but Jacob was there. And I think Julie's there too. I think so too. No, no. You know what? I don't think she is because she mentions later how she had never oh. been in a room with him in the courtroom. Remember? Okay. Yes. So yep. we know for sure Jacoba is there. Yep. Because she's just a feisty broad and she's just everywhere. She's going everywhere. And I love her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think my, my favorite part of that is that he brings a gun and I'm like, you rat bastard. Not just a gun. He brought a gun and scripture because those two go hand in hand in Indiana, if nowhere else. <laughs> Jesus. And so Jacoba says that they sit down and he's kind of interviewing them or mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. And he wants to know like how old they are and what their professions are. And she's like, kind of felt like she was being evaluated or ranked. And he was, there was no emotion. There was, it was very clinical. Mm-hmm. And then he whips out the scripture and she's like, you just go ahead and put that away. Cause she's also a believer. And she's like, yep. you're not going to use this to your favor here. Like this is, not why mm-hmm. we're meeting today. I love that. She actually said that to him. She said, you're not going to use my God to justify yeah. your actions. Yes, girl. Oh, yes. In the moment. I just, I'm, I don't know. I think I might have a crush on her anyway. I know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Sorry, Jacoba. It's, it's well, she's all. She's kind of a badass. Yeah, she is. Yeah. But one of the things they do ask him while they're there is, okay, is there any medical things we need to worry about? Because a lot of the siblings were having very similar autoimmune type of disorders. And he's mm-hmm. like, no, you don't have to worry about anything. Really, dude? Really? <sighs> yeah. It's just like, how convenient, right? Mm-hmm. And he also says, there's no more than 15. There's no more than 15. <laughs> and he, yeah. And they'd ask, one of the siblings asked, why? Why would you do mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. And he actually said, the mothers were so desperate for a child and he was just doing it to help them. I mean, the responsibility he must have felt to help those patients. <laughs> must have been you know real I mean? hard to master I mean, in the other room to get it done. 
okay, I'm going to say this now, and we can talk about it later. Did he have time to do anything else in this practice? Thank God he had a partner and a good nurse. (laughs) You know what's interesting, though, is most of the women said that when they went in, he was like the only one in there. I know. So that's Liz White that kind of brought that up. She is the mother of Matt White, who is number 17. So you see how Mm -hmm. this is going dear listener mm-hmm. we keep we keep just edging right over that it can only be 10 it can mm-hmm. only be 15 and now we're up to 17 which is higher number just FYI mm-hmm. um just in case you didn't know right I'm just saying like we're here this man you. is a doctor like fuck he knows off. how math works yeah. yes but she talks about having been alone with him in the office mm-hmm. after hours now I think to you and I, this would have been a big red flag because I've heard enough stories about being under like anesthetic or whatever, or anesthesia for like dentist stuff and you get felt up or whatever, or, yeah, you know, the stories about women have a surgery or something and then they bring in the residents to do a pelvic on you. I mean, like that was outlawed mm-hmm. in recent years. Recently, um, yeah. So, I mean, like you kind of understand there are things that you shouldn't ignore in a doctor's office and being alone with somebody after hours is a thing. Right. But I, I'm going to make a comment about this. Okay. I agree. Absolutely. I think part of it might come from, I I would think where I wouldn't think much of it is because Mm -hmm. if you're doing fertility treatments, you are only fertile a very short period of time. Okay. You need to make sure you're in that time frame. Right. So what happens if he's like, I'm all booked up today, right? He's got all of his appointments. Well, he's like, but I can get you in like five, 10, because right after we close, type thing or oh you're only you're only gonna be ovulating on Saturday and Sunday or okay. whatever we can totally come in that's a great point I had not thought about yeah. that it just I'm really not trying to justify his actions and just of course but I think that that's one of those intangible things that maybe if you hadn't been in and having trouble getting pregnant you might mm-hmm. not be aware of right so right. but I'm I also want to discuss the fact that these are women in their 20s these are young women mm-hmm And I just have a feeling that that was probably part of it. Like they're laying in there waiting for you to, uh, so I was calmed down. I think Liz was the most articulate about it. She had gone through this treatment 15 times before she finally conceived. Mm -hmm. So she's like, now that she thinks about it, she's laying there getting undressed, has a paper cloth or whatever over her legs. And he's in the next room getting off. And then he comes into her and inseminates her with his sperm when he's still in that high of having completed yeah. after clove, right? Basically, yes. is what we're talking about. And so she feels like she was raped. And I'm gonna yep, be honest with times. you, I can't fault her for that. Like, Mm-mm. is this traditionally what we see in the movies? No, Mm-mm. it's certainly a violation. It's yeah, there was no consent, and then yeah. we'll talk about that later. Yep, hundred percent, absolutely no consent to what he did. Sorry, guys, my kid's calling. Um, <laughs> fucking Declan. Speaking of inconvenient kids, here's mine. <laughs> right? Kids are the worst. Okay. No, I absolutely agree that she she was violated 15 yeah. times. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, we talked to a little bit of Jan, the nurse, and she's like, we never would have thought of this. So there were people there, and they're like, how did no one know? And I'm like, because you don't expect something like that. You have someone who you see as having integrity. Mm-hmm. You don't think that they're not, right? Well, who would ever have been like, you know what I bet he's doing back there? <laughs> right, right. 
You know, I mean, like, do you think she was like, we go through a lot of Kleenex and lotion in this place. Like <laughs> nobody's thinking about that. That's Staples order. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, if he's only doing it with these women when no one else is on site, because otherwise, no, not even that. Cause I was going to say that she might've noticed that, Hey, I didn't go grab a sample, but he could have been like, mm-hmm. Oh, they brought it in or, Oh, this, or. I right. Know. I just think it's sort of one of those. It's, this is out of the realm of possibility that mm-hmm. anyone's thinking about this. Right. Also, I mean, he has the, he's very authoritative, right? Mm-hmm. He's not to be questioned. He's thought of as, of course, an upstanding community leader. Yep. An elder in his church. Yes. Yep. A philanthropist. Yep. Yep. So again, I think that he has cultivated a reputation that is beyond reproach. And so you just don't do that, especially mm-hmm. at this time, in my opinion. So especially if you're a woman, you're not questioning a male doctor. They clearly know more than you, regardless of the topic. Well, I mean, your tiny lady brain, you know, cannot be wrapped around mm-hmm. the complexity of doctrine. So <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, Angela Gnote. Mm-hmm. has tried to contact Dr. Klein a few times, but he emails and he's like, he was protected by HIPAA. He said she could be sued, that Fox 59 could be sued. This is a common thread of people who are so fucking guilty being like, <laughs> you better not pursue it or I'll sue your ass. Right. I'm going to scare you into backing off. Mm-hmm. I am kind of curious about the statement about the HIPAA thing. I don't, I mean, is that correct that he would be protected under HIPAA? I don't think he is. I think the patients are. And if the Mm. patients give you the right, then he is not protected. No, Mm -hmm. I -hmm. I have not read and completely absorbed all of the HIPAA laws, but I'm pretty sure it's for patients, not doctors, especially not doctors who are not doctor and right. Well, that's what I thought too. So I was like, that's a broad interpretation of HIPAA. (laughs) (laughs) I guess technically if it were his sample, he's also a patient. I don't know how he's uh, I mean. Right. Uh, it's a reach. I think we'll admit mm-hmm. that, but I can't, I don't have great grounds to refute. But God, I absolutely love the fact that then he calls Jacoba and it's this Ugh. woe is me bullshit line about like, mm-hmm. you just don't understand. It's going to hurt my marriage. My marriage will end. And I'm like, mm-hmm. boy, glad that, I mean, the, the dismissal of anyone else's pain or the consequences, you know what I mean? It's just, it's the most self-serving thing. Mm-hmm. And it told me a lot about, now this is recorded. She's, again, got all the brains and, like, hit record when they were talking. And oh, he's yeah, just like, she's he's, smarter than me. Right. And, you know, Jacoba's like, look, I, I can't really do anything about this. And he's like, well, you can call her off. You can you can make it go away, basically. And I'm like, mm-hmm. how how deluded do you have to be <laughs> to be like, um, yeah, she's going to help me out when I am the fucking problem here. Right. And she, she's very honest. She's like, you're saying that, you know, our story can't be told or my life doesn't matter. Well, we didn't do anything wrong. And Mm -hmm. he has the nerve to say at the time, I didn't think I was doing anything wrong either. Fuck right off, sir. Mm -hmm. Right off. Well, then you wouldn't have hidden anything. You'd be just jerking off everywhere. I mean, like, (laughs) come on, Jesus. Just whipping it out. all. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, for the good of mankind. Thanks. Yeah. Fucker. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he owns a white truck. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> My new favorite thing. All right. Yeah. If you're a man and you have a white truck, please sell it. Thank you. Please. It's just any not going to do you any good. 
no. No, it's not good for you. Yeah. So do you want to mention Shireen and Mark Farber? I have them at this point in my notes, so. Yeah, I know they come up a couple times. Mm-hmm. Once because they were actually co-workers with him. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about Shireen was actually, had like her PhD in like adolescent neurobiology or some really smart thing. Right. So it's like a kind of like post-birth development type stuff. So not mm-hmm. on the pre-end of getting pregnant and delivery. Hers is like, you know, once that baby is here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yet, and yet he always talked to her. Dr. Klein always talked to her like she didn't know what the fuck she was talking about. Mm-hmm. Like he always knew more than her. She's like, this is my area of expertise. Right. So I feel like she had to really tolerate a lot of mansplaining. So... Thanks again for that. Mm -hmm. Her husband, Mark, doesn't really talk a lot, at least at this part. I don't know. He just, she seems to be the more outspoken of the two, although they are interviewed together. Mm -hmm. And he talks about, you know, Klein really knew what he was doing, but he was very arrogant. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he was, to me, it was funny because it looked like he didn't want to disparage this man, but he didn't have any love for him either. So. Right. Right. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. Yeah, this is difficult. There's a lot of times where I'm like, I don't even know what to say. This is so fucking horrible. I know. I know. (sighs) This is where we meet sibling number... 22. 22. So a few more than 15, in case you're keeping track. I mean, add another one to that uh, tally. (laughs) That's Heather Wook. That sounds like a fun name. But uh, Julia and Jacoba reach out to her. Because what happens is these people are taking DNA tests and it's sends up hits to other close connections. Mm-hmm. Like the siblings will see that you have a new sibling, you have a new sibling. Mm-hmm. And so when Julie and Jacoba get these new hits, they reach out specifically. Jacoba always reaches out. I think Julie's started to take part in as well. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of say, I'm sure you have questions. Let me know if you need anything. Let me know when you're mm-hmm. ready to talk. Right. right. Mm-hmm. But she said it took her two months to process the information before she could talk about it. And I'm like, girl, that's not too long. You can take a year if you want. Take what you need. Well, again, though, here's another situation where the husband was supposed to be the donor and they were deceived. So, mm-hmm. you know, this is beyond understanding that you may, like, you were a donor, like your mom was a donor recipient, and that is how you came into the world. In this mm-hmm. case, she thought her dad was the, you know, the donor. And again, you find out that he's not, which I think is just an extra bit of horribleness. Yep. And I agree with you. Like, I think it takes the time it takes. So yeah, that's just so difficult. And a lot of these women, I mean, so most of the siblings that we talk to in this are girls are women. And a lot of them are like, yeah, I got a gift of a 23 and me. And I was like, <laughs> Ooh, that, that gift that keeps on giving there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> right. Just blown up right. right in your face. So horrible. Oh, one of them was like, I wanted to do a genetic test because I was having like some stomach issues. And I thought maybe with health and that. And I'm like, oh, girl, you got so much more than you asked for. <laughs> and you're just hoping to find out that you're like Viking, part Viking or right. whatever. And it's just right. not. I'm trying to think like cool stuff. 2% Nigerian princess or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Something like just neat. And that's not what happens at all. You just find out that you're just one of a sucked into this madness. Well, one of at least 33, because we meet sibling 33, Lisa Shepard. Stidham? Stidham. Yep. 
That's what we're going with. Yeah. I really cannot read my own writing. I should learn from this. And the problem with this one is she and Julie know each other socially. Mm. Their kids are on some, <laughs> uh, like the same sports teams and shit. Yeah. yeah. Which again is one of these just like, it's just complicated. And I'm sure you have a lot of feelings about it. Like, I mean, they, they seem to have liked each other. It wasn't like they were like, oh my God, I can't believe you're my sibling. But it's at the same time, they're like, oh my God, we're related. I feel weird about it. Like I, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, again, can't imagine the feelings that you have to work through to be like, I, you know, I thought I knew about reality mm-hmm. and then turns out it's just madness. So yep. yeah. Yep. Well, and it's, I mean, it brings to point what we had said earlier is you don't want such a shallow gene pool in an area that you're going to end up, you know, mm-hmm. procreating with your sibling unknowingly. And in this case, yeah, they, they said most of the siblings live in a 25 mile radius. Yeah. So that's fucked up. The potential of like accidentally marrying a half sibling are there. I mean, they're significant. I don't know. I didn't work yeah. it out statistically, but you know, they are kind of concerned. Mm-hmm. I think maybe the new, instead of taking blood tests to see if you have, what did they used to test for? Before you got married, you had to take a blood test to see if you had what? Oh, Somebody it was like uh, the RH positive, RH negative, something oh, like that. That's what they were testing for? Yes. My mm. wedding planner tried to tell me it was HIV and I was like, that's incorrect, <laughs> but. <laughs> no, you have to get permission for that. Anyway. Yeah. Well, that's cool because yeah, if it's not compatible, you might not be able to have kids. Yes. hundred percent. Mm-hmm. But maybe now it's like, listen, we need to take genetic testing and make sure we're not related before we get married. Well, they do talk about like, you know, you start these numbers again are creeping up. There are more than 10 and more than 15, mm-hmm. but like they talk about the siblings talk about like everywhere I go, I am looking for people and people that have similar characteristics because a lot of these people have blue eyes and they're blonde haired, although not all of them, mm-hmm. but they're like, am I related to you? Am I related to everyone? Like, I think it's just, they're, they're trying to con- convey to you. It's just really hard to get away from this. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So Angela Gonneau actually does finally get a meeting with Dr. Klein. He says there mm-hmm. can't be any recordings, no video, no nothing, but he'd meet her in a restaurant near mm-hmm. the studio, right? Mm-hmm. At the station. And he walks in wearing a gun, of course, to which Angela kind of knew that he carried one openly because mm-hmm. she had discussed it with Jacobo. But mm-hmm. she's like, okay, he seems very stressed. He's already threatened us. He seems at, at desperate. Mm-hmm. Is he that desperate that he's going to use the gun? And I get that. It's got to be terrifying. However, I am going to say you live in Indiana where we have like no gun laws, like literally a baby (laughs) can own a gun, right? Right. I'm sure people will come at me for that, but seriously, very fucking lax laws. So you can't be surprised that everybody owns a gun. I'm I'm sure she wasn't. She was just, I, I understand the fear. It was just, you've lived here for a while, Angela. I think it's interesting, right? Like, uh, you know, that reality is there. We all, we all know that it's there. Yep. We're not happy about it, but it's there. Right. I think he was kind of brazen about it. Yep. From the footage that you see kind of throughout this, this thing, actual footage of him, like at one point he, later he walks out of a house and he's like, it's like out there. Like he's not like got it under a shirt or under a jacket. Mm-hmm. It's like, he could not put it more in the front of him to like, <laughs> Unless it were a on a broadcast, necklace, that would be nice. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, <laughs> we get it. Jesus. I, yes, you have a gun. Great. Mm-hmm. 
but yeah, she was very concerned about after, you know, some talking to Jacoba, but also like her producer was really concerned mm-hmm. because he, he was kind of like up against the wall and not pleased where how this whole thing was going. And he said things to her like, oh, I know where you live. I know where you're from. Well, those are threats. I mean, the way he is presenting it is don't do anything because I can also hurt you. It's subtle, right? Like mm-hmm. it's. It's conveying in such a way that we both know what the situation is and yet not overt. He's not like waving the gun around, but, you know, intelligent people would pick up on this. So mm-hmm. I don't know. And again, it's it's begging her not to move forward with this because of his marriage and his church. And there would be suffering of people that were important to him and himself, basically, who was probably the most important yeah. to him. <laughs> right. But just, just like fucking complete disregard for the fact that you brought this on yourself, my man. Yeah, you did this. This is all yeah. you're doing. You yeah. caused pain and suffering to others, but God forbid anything bad happened to you. Right. Yeah. So I think she tells him at this point they're going to move forward. <clears throat> and um, some weird shit starts to go down. I don't know how I felt about this part of the documentary. Not that I don't believe them, but it's interesting. So Jacoba mentions the all the lug nuts on one of her tires are just gone. All four tires. All four tires. Okay, my bad. Mm-hmm. All the lug nuts are gone, which I don't think you have to be a mechanic to understand. That's what holds the wheels on your car. <laughs> so <laughs> don't take anything for, for granted, right? But like you, mm-hmm. you drive your car and your wheels fall off, probably not good for you. Right. So right. that doesn't seem accidental. I mean, like, right. uh, I don't know how that's accidental. Yeah, like, <laughs> doesn't seem like one of those things but you know we don't know we don't know where that came from yeah well there's like four to six on each tire and they're usually put on with an air gun or whatever so oh yeah like an air jack yeah yeah so it would be very hard to get off they're not easy to get off if you've ever tried to change a tire in the last 20 years i'd say (laughs) you have to like jump on the bar to kind of get it to loosen up yeah so I, you know, it makes me think like, how did he pull that off? Cause this, this to me seems like uh, I'm going to hire some kind of ne'er-do-well to go out and do this. <laughs> Bust the kneecaps. Right. Cause this guy's like a surgeon or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I, I feel like he's not the kind of man that does his own dirty work. Well. <laughs> his hands so. have to be soft for other things. Let's just say <laughs> it like that. Yes. <laughs> okay. So right. then. Julie talks about her Google Drive is hacked and like she loses a bunch of information relevant to this case and to Daddy Dearest and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. So um, that is all gone. And then Heather gets some phone calls from a cemetery about like, does she want to buy a plot? And again, I'm like, okay, I find that just a little bit funny, like funny because I didn't have to deal with a horrible phone call like that. But I'm just like, and, and now we're just petty. We're just passive aggressive and like this is what Mm -hmm. we're doing it's just it just it's like (laughs) this is the best we got I don't know right (sighs) we do learn that there was an incident back in the 60s -hmm. that apparently has shaped Dr. Klein so while driving in his car he hit a little girl on a bike and she died Mm -hmm. and they said that's when he found God and all I could think of was maybe if he'd found God a little fucking earlier, that wouldn't have happened. So by all accounts, this seems to have been a true accident. Mm -hmm. He was driving. She was on like a a little bike and she darted out between two cars, which is, Mm -hmm. I mean, 
at the forefront of my mind every time I'm in our neighborhood. Yep. So, you know, it's kind of one of these really horrible things. And, you know, if he changed his life to care for people more after this, I don't have, you know, I'm like, okay, maybe some good came out of it, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, again, like, do you, do you have to have God to treat people well? <laughs> I don't understand. I don't feel like you do, but yeah, I don't either. In all honesty, I feel like when people say things like that's when I found God, it's because they want to be forgiven. They know they've done something so mm-hmm. horrible that they're like, okay, well, someone's got to forgive me or I have to atone somehow. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take the act away. And again, like you said, it seemed like a legitimate accident. Yeah. So there was some theory that maybe that's where this came from. Like he had taken a life and so now he's going to give life back. And I'm like, all right, just simmer down. I call bullshit on that because mm-hmm. he could have given life with the sperm that they brought with them. I mean, yeah. I mean, again, mm-hmm. we ask two questions and you can poke holes in just about everything. I like that they talk about, so he's an elder in his church, right? And this is, seems to be a big part of his identity. They have baptisms in his home swimming pool. Okay. I have a question about that. Mm-hmm. I was baptized Catholic. Mm-hmm. It's a waste of water, obviously, but very long time ago as a baby, so I don't remember. Does mm-hmm. it have to be holy water? I don't think so. Okay. Cause I'm like, cause otherwise mm-hmm. that would be amazing to swim in that pool every day. Right. I mean, they're just like complete rejuvenation all the time. Right. I guess we should mention Jason Hyatt at this, at this point. Mm-hmm. Would you like, would you care to report which sibling number he is? That would be number 48, Aaron. <laughs> Again, Again, more than 15. More than 15. <laughs> <laughs> By a factor at this point. Um, <laughs> so yeah, he's the one who talks about Dr. Klein and sort of how he is looked upon in the church. And I don't know. I just... He seems to be another one who really felt different from the other members of his family. This is Jason I'm discussing. Mm-hmm. He had that light eyes and stuff like that coming from his family that were all, you know, dark hair and dark eyes, that kind of thing. And he really seemed to have struggled with the motivation of Dr. Klein to have done this. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I I find that really interesting. It is... <sighs> Because I think it's human nature, right? We we need to understand. We need What's to understand the why, what would motivate the why of someone. Things. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, spoiler, we never get that. <laughs> it's maddening. Absolutely yeah. maddening. Jacoba did spend a lot of time researching. And I made a note, like, I hope she doesn't work outside of the home as well, because I'm exhausted just thinking about it. Well, so. I hope she's like a private investigator or like some kind of awesome yeah. internet sleuth or something. Because like, she, she got some skills. Right? With a Z? Yeah. Nobody messed with her, okay? Well, and part of those skills, notice that there was an email address on, was it one of the attorney generals? Yes. So this was somebody that was on copy on the attorney general, like, response, response, which I think Mm -hmm. was sort of like a thanks, but go fuck yourself. (laughs) Like, not quite to that degree, but. We'll get back um, with you someday, yeah. Right, like sure we're looking at it or whatever you know whatever form response you get mm-hmm. it certainly wasn't what she wanted but yes she said that she like facebook sleuthed all the people that were on copy and she found somebody that had a reference to something called quiver full mm-hmm. and it's basically a cult as her words where they really focus on having lots of kids because then the kids go out and they're warriors for god and 
you're, you know, whatever, you're going to have a bunch of arrows shot at the enemy, something like that. Yeah. And they kind of also mentioned that women are really just the stock. We're broodmares, yeah. Right. So I think Jacoba thought at this point, okay, could I make an inference that because this person is in this quiverful would Klein also be in this? And A, was he being protected by these people in the attorney general's office? And then B, would this serve as some rationale for what he is doing in his office? They did make some connection to the point that it was also in the 70s and 80s. I think this quiverful group were trying to promote having more, more, more white babies, right? Because they didn't want to yes. be overtaken. By the minorities. They didn't want to become the minority because, Mm -hmm. well, they treat minorities like shit and they didn't want that. Mm -hmm. And they make a comment that all the baby pictures on Mm -hmm. the wall of Dr. Klein's office are white. Mm -hmm. But, and it could be, it could be racist, but also fertility treatments a lot of times are not covered by insurance. It's very expensive. And as we all know, a lot of brown people are held down and not making as much money as their white counterparts. Mm -hmm. So, or treated different medically. That's another you know, form of racism that that someone might face. Mm -hmm. Yes. So there are some parallels here. Also, let's talk about the scripture that um, Dr. Klein seems to just vomit everywhere. We're talking about Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, I believe. And that's the Mm -hmm. one that talks about, and I didn't write it down because I didn't want to get it right. (laughs) (laughs) I knit you together in your mother's womb and I knew you before you were born, basically is the... Mm -hmm bad summary. Do you have a better? <laughs> nope. That, that sounds about right to me. Yep. Okay. So I'm sorry. I don't have my cross stitch version that's in the doctor's office, <laughs> but yeah, it's sort of that bent. So it, it kind of reinforces some of this T- to them. It sort of was a reason that he might do this. Um, I, I kind of feel like, I don't know if I, I agree with that. I think what they had said is not necessarily a reason, but they really, once they heard that and he's spewing that shit out, they're like, he absolutely knew what he was doing, right? It's not like this yes. was a, I'm just trying to help. It's a, hey, I'm purposefully doing this for whatever yes. his reasons are, right? Right. But I'm just saying, like, I think it's a weird, a weird inference because I would think, like, be fruitful and multiply would be a bigger <laughs> one or whatever. Like, this is right. like God saying, I knew you before I created you. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, to me, that doesn't add up 100%. But that's maybe my, I don't know. I, it just was like, that's the one that you guys were like, that's it. So that's all I'm saying. But that's the one he seems to spew the most as well. Oh, God, for real. Mm-hmm. So at this point, let's go back to Angela. Still mm-hmm. trying to get some purchase with the attorney general. But actually, she she finally gets a hold of the Marion County prosecutors or she finally gets some response from them. And they're like, oh, snap. Sorry, we missed this. <laughs> just okay. that bias in the email. Yeah. yeah. Tim Delaney was the Marion County prosecutor at the time. Mm -hmm. And oh, when he talks and he's not smarmy at all, but Mm -mm. it's just, he's like, well, I hate to be the one to say it, but there really is no crime Mm -hmm. that touches this particular act. Uh, Yes. (laughs) So I guess I want to say that I think this is a really difficult position for him to be in because he's saying mm-hmm. like, look, they're coming to me. They want catharsis. They want justice. Right. I, I don't think that he is opposed to that. I don't think right. he's purposely trying to protect this man or whatever, 
I think he's just being very realistic. And I think that really right. sucks in this case because mm-hmm. there is no law that prohibits this action particularly. I agree, but I do have okay. a question. So Absolutely. it's not rape. It's not sexual um, assault. Assault. Thank you. It's not battery. Mm-hmm. They tried to ask it to evolve yes. this. But yes. even, even Angela Gnote was like, the law is unequally applied, right? Yes. And she even mentioned, and I was thinking it, and John actually said it too, what about fraud? How is fraud not even an option? Because he said he used this man's sperm and he did not. And Mm -hmm. to me, that is fraud, if nothing else. I mean, I, I don't know. It's tough because even Jacoba, I think, said, and I think the two of them have talked, right? Tim and Mm -hmm. Jacoba, and she Mm -hmm. was her normal feisty self and he said (laughs) i i get it and she said so you're telling me that if i spit in your face that's Mm -hmm. not assault and he said no that is assault and she said but somebody putting their sperm inside you without your knowledge and your consent is not Mm -hmm. assault and he said yes that is correct and that's tough it is tough but because these women consented to having sperm put inside them they have consented to the process. Maybe not to whose sperm it is, but it would be a right. hard sell to the jury. And that's what right. he's saying. So, I, could, I could try to bring something up, but it's going to fail every time. Right. So if we kind of take this a uh, little break and we talk about the IU law professor, Jody Madeira. Okay. And she is, she pops up here a couple times and she kind of mm-hmm. talks about rape being, there's a few different ways you can look at it. And again, I don't know if we want to walk through all that here, but she's saying that Tim is saying Indiana juries are not really ready to hear rape by deception. Mm-hmm. Like that's going to be a really hard sell here. So again, I come right. back to the fact that he is in a tough position because how many times have we sat in here and been like, well, these prosecutors just go and they just don't, they're moving without enough information. And in this mm-hmm. case, I think he's saying like, look, I, I just want to have a solid case before we go mm-hmm. forward with this. And we just haven't hit on the right thing yet. So mm-hmm. I understand the families being really pissed off that this can't go forward. I understand right. him being like, look, this just, we haven't gotten the thing yet that we're looking for or whatever. But like, I can't imagine the tension between these two groups mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to find the right thing here. And also I thought it was interesting because they talk about Indiana uh, sexual assault has to have two parts. There has to be force and there has to be Mm non-consent. And in this case for sexual assault, they were lacking the force part of it. So it's just like, oh, it's just, it must be very difficult to not be able to land this basically is is where, where I came from. Right. Oh, I agree. Because Jody had said that a rape can include... Conduct mm-hmm. which the victim doesn't know is sexual, but the perpetrator does know it's sexual. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly the case we have here, right? So yes. he would have had to, he had to be sexually aroused to complete his portion of this Yes, within minutes of her of leaving the room and letting her get changed and then coming back in and inseminating her. That is a sexual act. I don't care how many times he swears it wasn't. It absolutely had to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the proving of that. Oh, yes. Would be no, very I, difficult. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. yeah, all the mothers kind of come on here that they were interviewing and had been like, had he asked me if he could use the sperm? I would have said no. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there was no consent there. 
the attorney general did send Dr. Klein like some paperwork, essentially check boxes. Did right. you or did you not? And of course, when he filled out the paperwork to the attorney general, he was like, absolutely not. I did not do this. I did not use my sperm. Yeah. I am not the father of these children, right? No, I am not. And he said that I, I think I should sue Jacoba for libel or slander mm -hmm. because of this. Right. And by God, that's what they ended up getting him on, or at least bringing charges. Obstruction of justice. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. sometimes you got to go the Al Capone route, right? 100%. 100%. I like the fact that they are finally able to compel a DNA sample from him and they have footage of him walking out of his house. This is the one where the gun is like practically on his belt buckle. <laughs> I'm telling you, a necklace would be lovely. Right. I did love the fact that Tim goes, he didn't seem to really enjoy this donation. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> right. It was so subtle. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was so, it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so the probability of paternity was 99.9997%. Listen, that's as mm -hmm. close to 100% as you get in science. Right. Period. Yeah. <laughs> Three significant digits and we got it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Then he, they have footage of him talking to like the sheriff in mm -hmm. an interrogation room of some sort. And he's, he keeps saying, listen, I used my sperm sparingly. And he keeps using the word sparingly. And all I could think of is the Princess Bride, where Inigo Montoya is like, I don't think that word means what you think it means. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Inconceivable. That's a different part. Right? That's still a great word. Yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, well, I miss it. It was over a 30 to 35 year like period of time. So, you know, you have to consider all these instances within that time frame. And I'm like, justify, justify, justify. Mm -hmm. Also, all the documents were shredded, so there's no proof, which I'm pretty sure medical doctors don't, well, at some point they might shred them, but usually they're just archived because I've gone back to a doctor like 10 years later, like, well, it's going to take some time to get them out the archive, right? Well, I mean, mm -hmm. this is back in the day when you had to like put it onto stone slabs, I think. So, you know, oh, they had to just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> back in the day before there was <laughs> the digital Pens stuff. And paper. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's just it's very disturbing to see the way that he's just like, I'm just uh, practically a victim myself. I mean, like that's almost the level he goes to. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he comes once we get to the trial that he mm -hmm. goes to, and a lot of the siblings are there and he makes a big production from the way that these siblings that are in attendance tell it. He shuffles in, he's got a cane. He's really looking old today. Mm -hmm. He doesn't acknowledge any of them. No. And he actually says this to the judge. He mm. says, your honor, I'm asking for mercy and compassion for myself. I've tried to live out my life showing honesty and care for others. And I will continue to do so. Listen, if this is how you show honesty and care, please don't continue to do so, sir. Right. None of us want this kind of care from you. Right. So Jacoba is able to give a witness impact statement but it's very limited. Like she's, she's very much limited on what she can say because of legality. Yeah. It has to be relevant to the charges which are brought. So the charges mm -hmm. are only the obstruction of justice, right? Mm -hmm. They can't consider anything outside of the scope of these two charges. However, mm. for some reason, they let the defense provide letters of reference for Dr. Klein from his right. neighbors and church members right. and also 
a judge or prosecutor or something from a different county that he happens to live in, which seems illegal, but whatever. Yeah. The prosecutor from Boone County is what I've got. Yes. And I'm like, how is that okay? Mm -hmm. Because they're only talking about who he is as a person, who they see as a person. Right. Right. It has nothing to do with these charges. Well, I mean, you got to also consider the fact that these people are in their 30s and 40s. A lot of them born in the 80s, so I guess 30s-ish. And I think it's really interesting that it's possible that he could have turned a new leaf and been an outstanding human being in the last 10 years. You know what I mean? The last 10 years. But that doesn't absolve him of everything he did previously like I don't right. think I mean like obviously this there's no Cody Finger's crime he's committed by doing what he did in his office but still it's Mm-mm. it's very interesting to me the people that rally around him in this case and why do they still allow letters of reference why is that a fucking thing oh like a character reference yeah. yes you're not going to bring anything that says anything negative of course they're going to be all pot he's uh, standing up you know, stellar person of the community. He helps old ladies cross the street and saves kittens from trees. They're never going to say, listen, this douchebag motherfucker, he has so many weeds in his yard. We just cannot, (laughs) you know, but he's a church elder. And so thus he has status and like, we couldn't possibly, you know, rock the boat. And I'm like, okay, I just don't think they should be allowed. End of story. We got to do away with that shit. It's really stupid. I did like uh, the fact that Tim Delaney said about the prosecutor that wrote the letter (laughs) to the judge. They're like, is that, is that a good idea or is that legal? And he's like, I can't really say. He's like, yeah, I would do better not to comment on that. Right. So it's like, (laughs) oh, so yes, then. Okay, great. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for the non-answer answer. answer. That's great. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening with our little trial here? Fucking nothing. The judge seems so far up this guy's ass. She's practically crying when she's talking, giving him a (laughs) sentence. I really, I hope I never go in front of her after this because I don't know who she is, but Jesus Christ. She's like, "Mm, our jails are over full. No jail time for you. And yeah, uh, I suppose he's got two level six felonies on his record, which that's not going to affect him. What the fuck? He's not looking for a job now at the age of 3,007. And he's fined $500. Oh, that was the one that I was just like, great. Okay. I don't know about you, Aaron, but I feel like this is all taken care of and all better now. Yes. I think that this definitely sets a precedent for any other doctors who are thinking of doing the same thing. Great. Our lovely siblings are obviously not happy about this. Mm-mm. At this point, we meet Carrie Foster. Number 53. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Significantly higher than number 15. But anyway, that's fine. So at this point, they kind of bring up the the thing about... The autoimmune diseases. Mm-hmm. But Dr. Klein claims that, you know, he used that that sample sparingly of his, and all those samples resulted in healthy babies. They all did. Every last one of they them. They should, uh, should not have any health issues, no problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though in the 70s, he was diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Yeah. And, you know, almost lost his practice because he couldn't use his hands until he got mm-hmm. on the correct medicine. Mm-hmm. And I guess... Once those symptoms are tamped down, he just assumed it was gone and not part of his genetic makeup anymore. Well, again, you know, we kind of come back to this whole thing of like, there's screening for donors, at least now. Mm -hmm. There's probably a point in time where this was not possible. And so that's not part of the consideration for a donor. But he just skipped over all of that, whether it was, 
you know, part of the plan or not. He was just like, my uh, powerful and glorious sperm needs to go in all of these women is basically what it was. And he, I mean, yes. with very little consideration for the outcome or whatever. I mean, it's just, it's amazing in the worst possible way. And I'm pretty sure they had screening then too, but it was voluntary, right? Like, okay. do you have any of these health conditions or do you have any other? And you would have to voluntarily tell them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. He didn't care anyway. He knew what his health problems were and he didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Mm-mm. That's why I've, this has nothing to do with bringing healthy babies into the world. This was about mm-hmm. him beating off in his office like a creep and then like putting all that in everybody who he was able to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Generally, rape isn't about sex. It's about power. power. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what this is. He had the ability to do something against their knowledge. Mm-hmm. And that made him feel more powerful. Right. Look what he was able to do. Mm -hmm. And he was a doctor. Who's going to say no to him? Just saying. Just saying. So let's get to the most horrible part of this whole thing. Mm -hmm. Allison Kramer. Which number Mm -hmm. is she again? 61. (laughs) Yeah. Four times the amount of 15. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Really. So she got her DNA tested because she'd been diagnosed with a genetic disorder and she was trying to find out some more information about that. Mm-hmm. She is contacted by Jacoba as per usual, kind of like, hey, you might have questions. Let me know when you're ready to talk. But I think it doesn't really land. She doesn't really kind of absorb at that at the time. She's like, it's a weird message. Right. I don't know. And she did see some siblings, yeah. like a bunch of siblings, but she thought it was a mistake. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because denial is powerful, right? Like you're looking and you're like, what are that? Um, well, you know, if, if you go into it knowing, yeah, these are my parents, mm-hmm. and then you see this, mm-hmm. yeah, you would think it's just a glitch. It's just something weird, right? And that's not what she was doing it for anyway. She was looking for different health history. Yes. So, yeah, she was able to just kind of ignore it for a while. Yeah. Then in 2019, she sees an episode of Dr. Phil, and I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> One of the most obnoxious men in the world, mm-hmm. yes. Oh, and the episode features this story. It's Jacoba and some of the other siblings, and they're discussing mm-hmm. the story. And so then Allison puts it together. Um, she's looking up. She goes to her profile. I'm not sure if it's 23andMe. I think that's the one they mentioned more in this. Some did Ancestry as okay. well, so I think they were they were hooked into both. Okay, so she you know, she pulls that up so she can see who she's related to and like all of the siblings that are on the show are also in her profile and so she's like mm-hmm. you know calls her mom up tries to figure out what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. and um she is the farber's daughter from earlier in the documentary mm-hmm. colleagues yep. of dr, dr. Klein. Klein yeah so yeah and again i'm pretty sure that the husband provided samples so they always assumed that the husband was the biological father yeah and then she starts going through pictures so she has a twin sister Mm -hmm. and he came to the hospital and that's interesting because shereen was talking about that that he was very attentive he came to the hospital for delivery he saw them at home afterwards allison has pictures of him holding her when she was a baby yeah yeah so he knew absolutely new right and then we find out that not only Mm -hmm. is allison his daughter she's also a fucking patient Mm -hmm. so he is her obgyn and i just wrote ew just ew 
behind it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because when she was going through fertility issues, mm-hmm. he became her sole OBGYN. Yeah. So pap smears, breast exams. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Now, something I will comment on because someone at work had made the comment that if he was doing artificial insemination with her, he might have used his own sperm again. And I said, I don't think so because he knew she was his daughter and that's just too close of a genetic connection. I don't think he would have done that. Right. That's too close to home, right? Like yes. harder to pull yes. that off. And which is, again, a really gross thing to say, but I, I yeah. say it out of the the drive for self-preservation would have made it so that he did not do this. Also, the babies would have had probably extreme genetic problems, could right? Could have, could have, yes. So you wouldn't want to, being a doctor, he would know that that would be a problem. And since mm-hmm. he knew he was her father, she didn't know. Of course. If he knew, mm-hmm. then he had to kind of be a little bit more on the up and up mm-hmm. with that. But still absolutely fucking disgusting what he yeah. did. Yeah, and so she kind of talks about the fact that she's like, finding out later that I was put in a position where he was examining her. I mean, like, and she didn't know what the score was here, how violated she felt and all Mm -hmm. of that. And it's just like, I hope she's got great support. I hope all these people have great support because it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not nothing. No, it's not. It's so difficult. And I, I just don't even know, but I I hope they have free therapy for life at the very (laughs) least. I mean, the attorney general should give him that. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, of course, this doesn't come anywhere into Dr. Klein's mind when he's begging everybody to be like, oh, my wife and my family. And I'm like, I do feel terrible for, for your wife and your family, but I don't yeah. feel bad for you. Not you. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. He swears up and down. There's no sexual <laughs> connotation to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But again, I say that that's hard to, that's hard to believe. Yeah. Because she certainly didn't give any other reason for it other than the moms were desperate. But again, like, you know, that doesn't make any sense when there were viable samples from the husbands. Now, right. would I have believed it if he'd said, you know, in some cases they were looking for donor sperm? Mm-hmm. Then your your then your rationale holds more water with me. I'm not saying it's right. It's not correct. Yeah. But like when there were viable husband options that you just completely disregarded, like bullshit mm-hmm. on that, sir. Thank you. He also says, I don't look at these people and consider them to be my children. Awesome. I, you know what? I think every one of those mothers should take him to court for back child support and make him pay X amount of years of child support for those children. I hope they do. I hope they did that or they they explore it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Take all his money. This is just such a gross abuse of power. Right. And it's like, no wonder women don't trust doctors. (laughs) Like, I'm sure that there are great doctors out there. I have been fortunate and I have found some people that have come along at the right time that really made a difference in my life. But I imagine the opposite is also true. Oh, yeah. That you run into a situation you're like this and you're like, well, I guess I'm moving off the grid. (laughs) Like, I'm never talking to any medical professional ever again. It's just, I mean you know, you're trusting somebody with the most intimate parts of your life and they just mm-hmm. shit all over them. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. For their own personal <sighs> need. Yeah. Diatribe over. I just, mm-hmm. ugh, so frustrating. So kind of closing out this documentary in 2018, the mothers and the siblings in this case helped make a law making illicit donor inseminations illegal. Yeah. I love how it took the mothers and the siblings to do this. Mm-hmm. Like, There were no laws in place for this. Right. And 
That's a state law. There's yep. no federal There's no law federal against law. this. And that reminds me a lot about like stalking laws. Because mm-hmm. there was a time when stalking was not illegal. And then somebody got killed and they had to put some laws in place. So it's like we we really <laughs> it's just such a weird way to do things. Like, oh, mm-hmm. this is a dangerous situation that we can do nothing about. Like, okay, great. I feel good. I feel good about that. Yeah. Oh, totally. Mm-hmm. Thanks to at-home DNA testing, 44 additional doctors have been found to have used their own sperm to inseminate fertility patients. So <laughs> to me, this means that there is a common theme going on here. You know what I mean? This is just a special mm-hmm. kind of psychology. Yeah. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of mental test do you think they should have to take before they're allowed to be a male OBGYN or fertility doctor? There should be something to qualify for that. I mean, I guess I'm glad that this is out in a known thing at this point, because I like, you know, when you shine a light on something, it's harder to hide. I I would be, I mean, at the very Mm -hmm. least, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you fix a problem like this. Klein is currently the most prolific of these doctors. So are we fucking proud? Yeah. Go Indianapolis. (laughs) Did you get the final count? As of production of the documentary, there are currently 94 Klein siblings and counting. 90 fucking four. Again, slightly more than 15. Yeah. And it's just stunning. He really needs to look up the word sparingly. That's not sparingly. (laughs) Yes. I think it's interesting that Angela Gnote mentions at the end, she said, if you saw Dr. Klein ever, I think you should probably have your, your children tested. Because mm-hmm. we we really don't know at this point how widespread this is. Now, is it going to change anything? I don't know. But I think for health purposes, you know, you should you should know, mm-hmm. you know, what you were subjected to, what was done to you. I don't know. There are probably people who don't want to know. And I understand that, too. I do, too. But we're back to the whole maybe make sure you don't have the same DNA as your partner. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this was a really good documentary. I loved the way it was done. I mean, it, it just flew by for me because sometimes when we watch them, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, Ugh. you know, normally it starts off that way just a little bit, but I was like, from the go, I was like, Rrr. so yeah, it's an important story. It's tough, but you know, I think we have to hold people accountable and uh, set good standards for physicians. And most of them probably are great and wouldn't right. do some bullshit stuff like this, but boy, every once in a while, you're really going to get a ringer. So Dr. Klein, is it? Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. just, it is, it's infuriating to watch. Mm -hmm. It is a really good documentary and everyone to watch it, but it is infuriating because you're like, nothing gets done to this man. Seriously. Yeah. Nothing. And again, I say to you, 94 kids, 94 successful inseminations. I come back Mm -hmm. with, how did he have time to get anything else done? Nothing. I mean, nothing else got done. Thankfully you had other people to do paperwork, I'm sure. I mean, I hope his aim was good because his office don't take a black light in there. So mm-mm, mm-mm, the poor cleaning people. Ugh. <laughs> right. Ugh. right. Disgusting. I hope his wife left him. I do too. Again, I feel terrible for her because she's like, who are you? Right. That's just my personal opinion of how that conversation went. Maybe mm-hmm. he, maybe he snowed and her too. Get the fuck out. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Take all his money. It's fine. Yes, girl. Mm. All right. Okay. On a different note, Mm -hmm. what are we doing next week, Erin? 
So next week we're going to do Paris is Burning. This is a classic. I found this on Apple TV. You'll probably have to rent it and or buy if you're so inclined. I'm running about an hour and 17 minutes. But this is about kind of the drag scene in the 80s, kind of focusing on brown and Latinx people. And so, yeah, we uh, we wanted to do it for Pride. This has been on our list for a long time, but it, it seemed like a great time to to pull this one out and dust it off. Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to watch it with at least one of my kids. So, yeah. Yep. Because it's Pride Month. Yeah. And we are allies in here to support. That's so right. That's right. what we do. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. The footage that I have seen looks pretty amazing. So, yeah. Every time I watch drag queens, I feel much less feminine because they look so amazing. And I'm like, well, I don't look like that. But that's okay. You go, girl. You do what you do. Yeah. I'm in complete all of the artistry that I see. And so I know that we've got some parades coming up in the city. There's an event next mm -hmm. weekend that I'm going to try to, to go to. Mm -hmm. I'd like to get a little bit more exposure and I don't know, just go and celebrate with people. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. I'm not yeah. a big fan of parades in general, but the actual celebration and everything is just amazing. It's so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm pleased to be able to do that. Okay. So, yeah. Okay. So please rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at GoDocYourself. We're always looking for comments and possibly a question we could answer. Who knows? But yeah, thanks for joining us today and we'll see you next time. Yep. Until next week. Later. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.